Welcome to The Way Church Service with Pastor John. We invite you to join us at 514 Smithfield Avenue in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. To get a portion of God's word, amen. First and foremost, I'd like to thank our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, amen. For making all this possible for us by going to the cross, shedding his blood for the forgiveness of our sins and giving us a new life and a new purpose here on planet earth. Amen. We gather here to learn about our creator and find our purpose here and to use it to glorify God and to serve our Lord and Savior and one another. Our goal, this ministry has a specific goal and that is to grow spiritually and start to handle life God's way, not our way. God's Word, which is the Bible, becomes the owner's manual to our lives. And we use it to see how God wants us to live, act, think, serve, and treat others. Amen? Thank you, Jesus, for renewing our minds. Each part of His body is very precious to God. I want to personally welcome each and every one of you to the Way Church service. We depend on God's grace, not our own power, to accomplish His will for our lives. And if you do have a cell phone, can you please silence it so it doesn't disturb tonight's service? And we'll start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Abba, we're just so grateful that we can gather together today, Lord, to worship, honor, and glorify you, Lord, and place your name above all names, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving us. Thank you, Lord, for all your generous provisions that you provide for us each and every day, Lord. Thank you for giving us a church, Lord. Thank you for giving us each other, Lord, to lean on each other, Lord, and to help one another, Lord, as we go through the life's hardships, Lord, knowing that we're the tangible evidence of you working in our lives, Lord. Help us not to conceal our sins, but reveal them, Lord, so you can heal us. And help us to become more and more like you, Lord. Help us to be teachable, Lord, and remain humble, like clay in your hands, so you can mold us and shape us into the people you created us to be, like your son, the Lord Jesus, Lord. I just thank you for everything you do in our lives, and I thank you for all the services that you provide for us, Lord, and that you could provide that for people who can't be here. They can listen through the phone lines or through the internet service, so they can listen to what the Spirit is trying to say to the church tonight, Lord. And I pray for this great nation, Lord, that you help it and keep your hand on it, Lord, for your believers, so we don't have to go through the hardships like the unbelieving world has to, Lord. Thank you for covering us with your grace, Lord, and your mercy every day, for without it we wouldn't be able to go on. And let everything we do tonight be led by your Spirit and not our flesh, and it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 All right. We are going to stand and we are going to, what are we, what are we going to have a song today, tonight? Yes, we're going to do the victory chant. We're going to do the victory chant tonight. <laughs> Brittany and Jazzy. Jazzy, you're going to come up and usher in the Holy Spirit for us.
flowing amen? amen especially after all that stuff that's going on in the world we just need to get away from that for a little while ain't it oh my goodness heaven is our home guaranteed this is we're just passing through thank god we don't want to get stuck down here that's for sure amen so we have to understand just because we're here doesn't mean we have to stay here we could always think of things above not the things here 
One thing the devil tries to trap us in the things that are going on in our lives today, and we know that we have an eternal home guaranteed, not to worry and dwell on that, to get us what? Discouraged and full of fear and doubt. The devil just loves to do that to believers. <laughs> All right. How, it's so good to see everybody. It really is. It's really, really hot. It's nice and cool in here, huh? Thank you, Jesus, for the AC, for sure. We're just grateful. I just want to thank everyone for coming out tonight. And I just want to thank everybody that, you know, I was really sick a couple of days ago. And everybody just showed some love. And my brother brought me some soup. And Brittany brought me some medicine. Everybody just cared. And it showed the love of Jesus. And everybody went out of their way. It was just a beautiful thing to behold. And you see love in action when that happens. Amen. It was awesome. I really appreciate that. I read, yesterday, last night, I was talking to Brittany. I couldn't even talk. And I tried to do a podcast. I couldn't even do it. This morning, I woke up. Here I am. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. He never gives us more than we can handle. And we just got to be persevere and just keep on keeping on. Amen. Amen. All right. So before, before we get started, we got a beautiful scripture on there. Romans 15. Let's go there. Verses 5 and 6, but we're going to back up a little bit here. This, this is such powerful message right here in the scripture. Of why Jesus saved us and we don't live anymore to please ourselves. And that seems to be the problem in Christianity today. We still want what we want when we want it. And pleasing ourselves will never bring any joy into the Christian life. Look at Romans 15, go to verse 1. Living to please others. Everybody got their Bible? I hope so, because that's your lifeline. That's your owner's manual. That's why we don't put it on the board, so you can get in that book. Amen? Amen. Yeah, I'm going to make it that easy for you. You never know when that's going to be shut down, and you have to go in the book. Amen? Amen. All right. This is going to tie in directly to our biblical spiritual growth, and this is why we grow spiritually and mature. Because it says in verse 1, we who are strong, or strong in the faith, or strong in the word, must be considerate to those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please ourselves. Okay? We should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. See it? Romans 15, 3. Look at verse 3. For even Christ didn't live to please himself. Okay? As the scriptures say, the insults of those who insult you, O God, have fallen on me. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to what? Teach us. That's why the word of God from Genesis to Revelation is written for us to teach us. That's why you can't say, oh, I only read bits and pieces. No, it's Genesis to Revelation. Every word of God is written in there to help us and teach us to do what is right. And let us realize what is wrong in our lives. Now look what it says. Such things were written, verse 4, in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope. You see, our hope is in the scripture. And encouragement as we patiently as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. Now, a lot of us are waiting on some stuff, right? We're waiting for things to happen in our lives. But while we're waiting, we get hope and encouragement through the Word of God. And it develops patience and endurance and perseverance. 
which we're going to be fin- uh, coming up on tonight, is finishing our perseverance message, which is going to bring us the joy in the Lord that we desire. Now look what it says. Verse 5. May God, who gives this patience... Now we all know that it doesn't, we can't, we don't have this patience. God gives it to us. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. I don't have any patience in my flesh. May God who gives this patience and encouragement help you live, listen to this now, in complete harmony with each other. Do you see it? People in church should live in harmony with each other. As is fitting, look, Why? as is fitting fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. Then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see why it's so important that we come together as one mind? And this is the one mind, the Word of God. Every church should have one mind, and that's the Word of God, and whatever in the Bible. Not what we think the Word says, it what, what it does say. It's very simplistic in what it says. We're united with each other by the Word of God. And that should be the core of any church. Not the music, not the money, not the building, but the Word of God. And that's what's here. That's all you get here. We get a song to encourage us and then right to the message what we need to help us persevere in this life. Now look what it says. Look at verse 7. Therefore... This is the whole key to growing spiritually. Accept each other, okay? Just as Christ has accepted you. Now, wherever everybody is in their Christian life, we should accept that. Some of us are weaker. Some of us are further along. The ones who are weaker and the ones who are further along should help the weaker get stronger. Not say, oh, you need to study more, you need to do... No, we help and encourage them to get stronger. Because God puts everybody in a different place so we can unitize through diversity. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you. Why? So that God will be given glory. This is to glorify God, not ourself. We're not going to get things our way. Now, I go to, I go to verse 13, and then we're going to get into this, okay? Because I, re- I put this is in there. This is important right here. Everybody with me so far? Can everybody hear me all right? Okay, my voice is good now. Believe me, it was so bad I couldn't even talk. Thank you, Jesus, right? For a preacher's voice to go hoarse, that's the devil. I can't talk. (laughs) He tried to shut me up, but it didn't work. I had everybody praying for me. And I'll tell you, it works, okay? I'm a living example of it working. Trusting in God. Now look what it says in verse 13. I pray that God, which is the source of hope, okay? God is the source of hope, but this is the source of hope right here. Our hope is in this word, okay? Every word in this Bible is our source of hope. Not people, not the world, not your spouse, not your kids, nobody. Our source of hope is in here, okay? So if you think that people, places, and things are going to be your source of hope, you're going to be disappointed in this Christian life because this is the only source of hope. And Christians put this down and look for worldly stuff to give them hope. It never will. We try and try and try, but it won't fulfill anything. It's empty. Then we finally get to get old and say, you know what? None of that worked. 
this is the only thing that does. We finally tap out and say, I'm just going to the Bible. That's the only thing that's going to work. I'm tired of going to people deceiving me. I'm tired of going to places. I'm tired of doing things. This is the only thing that works. Look what it says. Verse 13. Highlight this. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace. Do you understand that this is what fills you with joy and peace? Nothing else. People will buy things, do things, go on trips, vacations, get finances, bank accounts, and think that that's going to fulfill their joys down here. It doesn't do it. It still leaves us empty and wanting. This is the only thing that does. And if you can't get content at realization, you'll never mature in the faith and be of any effect in the kingdom of darkness. Because you'll still be reaching for things of the world even as a Christian. Can I get an amen for that? Look, as you, listen, I prayed to God, I'm going to read it right through now. The source of hope will fill you completely with joy and peace. Why? Because you trust in Him. It takes time to build trust in somebody. Okay? And it takes time for us to build trust in God. That's not an instant thing. We believe in Him, but we don't trust God completely. Because if we did, we wouldn't have any more problems. If we trusted Him completely, we wouldn't be failing and complaining and whining. If we trusted everything that He's in control of it, we'd be happy all the time. We have to come to trust Him. We have to come to believe and trust in Him. Can I get an amen for that? Joy and peace because you trust in Him. And we provide that. We read through the Bible in a year, through the podcast. So you can keep getting the Word of God. It keep time and time again, as you mature in the faith, God reveals more to you. And things take on a new meaning. You don't read the Bible less, you read it more as you grow. Just like a tree. I say it all the time, right? You got a little baby tree? Only needs a little water. A big tree needs a lot. So a mature believer needs a lot of water. Living water. We need to read this more and more. Can I get an amen? amen? All right. Thank you. Look at then. Look at what the look what it will do. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now everybody thinks this Holy Spirit is some mysterious thing. The power of the Holy Spirit is this. See, the Holy Spirit comes and indwells you, and this book becomes alive. The written word becomes the living word. It doesn't leave you. It's the Holy Spirit is what's leading you to read this. And now when you read it, it speaks to you. That's all it means. It's not some mystical thing flying around. The Spirit of truth is the word of God. You close this, you close your heart. You open this, this is what renews our mind. But you have to what? Believe what it's saying and trust in it. And wait patiently for it to come through. And while you're waiting, you grow. And you serve. And you help others. And you stay consistent and committed to something, which is the Word of God and the ministry He provides for you. And you stay constant and committed. Come hell or high water, you keep coming to church. You keep coming to Bible. You keep doing it even though you don't want to. That's the key to be overcoming the flesh is consistency and commitment. Can I get an amen for that? But you see Christians casual. Huh? I'll go to church maybe. Yeah, this. It becomes like second 
in their life. When it should be first. First. When you put this first, the love of Christ shows. Let me tell you. The people that are committed to this ministry were right there when I needed them. Thank you so much. And you know what that is? That's Christ. It's not them. It's Christ working through them and renewing their mind. Saying it's not just about me. It's about everybody. Everybody in the ministry. We help each other. Whenever there's a need, we fill it. We don't just fill our needs. When I don't want to be here, I'm here for someone else to fulfill their need. Again, amen? All right. All right, let's continue. <laughs> you guys are awesome. I'm glad I'm here. I, I, can't, I couldn't do this without you. Now, we're going to continue on perseverance, and this is why we need to persevere and hang in there through the thick and the thin. And keep showing up no matter what, in spite of ourselves. Consistency is the key. Now let me define perseverance. Here's the definition of perseverance. Continued effort to do or achieve something despite the difficulties, failure, or opposition. The action or condition or an instance of perseverance. We hang in there through the thick and the thin, when we don't want to, when we do want to, when you're committed to something, you do it whether you like it or not because you're committed to it. And you get yourself accountable somewhere, so you have to do the right thing so the devil can't play tricks on you and knock you out of the box. Amen? That's what the key is. Persevering. Getting involved in a ministry. Helping people out. Staying committed. Keeping your word. Just hanging in there through all the problems. Who in here doesn't have problems? I got problems all the time. Things are going on in my life. The kids, you got problems. Well, what does that tell me that I'm not going to come to church? No, I'm going to come to church more because I need it more. This helps me overcome the problems and gives me hope as I read the Word of God and do the things God requires of me and as He requires of you to be united in the Spirit. You came here tonight united in the Spirit, not the flesh, I hope. Because the flesh always finds problems with ministry. The spirit doesn't see any problems. It just perseveres in the faith. Knowing that God called me here and he'll work through it, he'll work it out. Whether what I see is coming to pass or he said it will, it will. Amen? I'm going to trust what the word of God says. As long as the word of God is going out there, I'm going to stay faithful to it. That's it. Simple. Nobody puts a gun to anyone's head to come to church. It's an act of your own will and God knows your heart. He knows if your heart is steadfast and caring because when you tell somebody, you commit to it and you keep it. Amen? It's so important that we do this. All right, the first principle was the love and the grace of God. Thank God for His love and His grace. How many of us need grace, God's grace? How many of us fall short? Oh my goodness, the more I grow with the Lord, the more I fall short in the flesh. It was easier to walk with Him when I was just like an immature Christian. Because I just love God and I bumbled and stumbled. But now that I know the word good, the conviction now when I don't do it, it's like, wow, I really am off. It's really showing me how bad my flesh really is. I can't stay consistent. I always want to go off course. I don't want to open the book. I don't want to pray. I hold people. I, I get offended with people. I don't give anybody the benefit of the doubt. And I'm becoming a miserable Christian. We're not supposed to be a joyful Christian. Enjoying the Lord is our strength. If He takes away our joy, He takes away our strength. Amen? 
And how many of us are letting the devil steal our joy today over the circumstances in one's life? Knowing that God is in control of that circumstance and you're just not trusting Him and you're falling into unbelief and doubt. You're not putting your hope and confidence in what He's saying. He's going to work it out even if I made a mess. How many of us make a mess of our lives? Hello, that's why we need a Savior. But the last thing we do, we close this first when we need to open it more. So I'm not going to go to church. We blame the church or God or somebody in the church for our problems. Instead of saying, it's me. I made some bad choices. Thank God he forgives me. You know what? I'm going to start making right ones. And sooner or later, it's going to come back. <laughs> Amen. All right. The second principle we talked about, we're going to continue in. Okay. We talked about the provision. He's provided everything we need. The Bible says he's provided us everything we need. Now, do we always feel that he's provided it? No. It's not a feeling. It's a fact. He provided everything. You know what happens when we fall into our sin? We forgot that the sins were dealt with at the cross, all of them. We forgot that we were forgiven from all that. So we still continue in it. Okay. The second reason is that we believe it should persevere in the race. Christian life is because God has provided us with everything necessary to successfully run the race and cross the finish line. Amen? Hey, we're going to get to the other side. We're guaranteed that. We're sealed in the Spirit. Listen, I don't care what's going on in your life. Heaven is our home. You can either enjoy the trip or be miserable, but we're still going to get there. I choose to enjoy this trip. You have to choose to enjoy what God's doing in your life. I'm saying if I'm making some bad choices, I'm going to start using the owner's manual to make them instead of me. God's word says to do it this way. I'm going to do it this way, and I'm going to wait for the result. And if it doesn't come fast enough for us, we give up. We want instant results. I've been walking with the Lord. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. How come things are working? Well, maybe because you're not doing the things God's asking you to do His way. It's so easy to blame other people. They're mean, they're this, they're that. And I can't stand the way people are treating me at work or in work or in church. Instead of just saying, hey, you know what? God put that there to show me something in my character that I'm not willing to overcome. So let's blame everybody else for not going to church and not coming. It's that. It's the ministry. It's this. It's that. Instead of my thinking, which is off. See, his thinking is never off. To get the mind of Christ takes consistency, application, and commitment. Persevering through the thick and thin is hanging in and saying, God's going to get me through this. I'm not going to follow the ways of the world. I'm going to follow the ways of the word. Whether it comes to pass or not, it's still a better way to go. How about an amen for that? All right. Thank God I can still preach. There's a lot here. <laughs> All right, so the last scripture we ended up in is Philippians chapter 3, right? And we, fit, we ended in, in um, verse 16, but I want to just go to that scripture. We're going to move on. And he's going to tell us why things get so hard for us. Paul loves us. Let's I'll go to 15. He tells us to keep pressing on, a perseverance. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. Okay? 
if you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. Now, if God's going to make something plain to you, it's going to be through this. It's going to be revealed to you through the Word. Now, if you're honestly and sincerely seeking God, He will reveal what He wants in your life through this. But if you're not wholeheartedly into it, He's not going to reveal anything to you. You see, He knows your heart. Just reading the book is not going to do it. He has to know that you're really seeking Him and His will. And when you are, this book will open up and come alive, and all the answers you need will come. Amen? But your heart has to be open. A closed mind won't get you there. Doubt won't get you there. Unbelief won't get you to it. He won't reveal it to you. You could read it over and over and over again and get nothing. Because your heart is in the wrong condition. You have an unbelief and doubt and fear. And you're not trusting what the word says. You're questioning God. Once you question God, he's going to say, okay. Well, you do it your way. When you're ready to have it done my way. And I'm going to show you which way. When you're ready for me to let you do it. Say any amen? Who gets in the way? We get in the way. Don't blame it on anything outside yourself besides yourself. You become doubtful because things ain't working out the way you thought they were. I'm sure John the Baptist didn't think he was going to end up in jail for introducing the Messiah. That's why he said, hey, go and ask this guy. Is he the right? Is he the one or should we look for someone else? He didn't expect to go to jail and get his head cut off. So what are you expecting because you're following the Lord? Are you expecting something and you're not getting it? So you're walking away from him? Or are you just saying, your will be done? When you get mature and you say your will be done, expect the unexpected. And be joyful in it. Look at, look at this. Look at verse 16. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. Look, we've already made some progress in the kingdom of darkness. Now when you get halfway up the mountain, you can't turn around and go back. You have to keep going through. He wants to take us through it. And then put us on the mountain. We end up going back down the mountain and try to do it our way again and again and again and again. And we got to keep starting over and over and over. Instead of just hanging in there and becoming spiritually mature. And saying, I'm going to keep doing it no matter what. I don't care. So when you come to the end of yourself, that's the best place you can be in your life. But I already made that commitment. I already know. I can't do it. I failed at life miserably. I said, you know what? All right, God. Show me. So now he's doing it. <laughs> he's taking me to my life. I have a better life than I've ever had. Because I'm trusting in what he says. Has anything out there changed? Now it's gotten worse. My perception changed. I understand it's part of his plan. And his will be done, not mine. And what's going on out there, he's in control of. And when I can understand that, he's in control of my life and my thoughts everywhere. I can rest in that and have hope. Knowing that I'm guaranteed to get to the finish line. The hope is I guarantee the seal to the day of redemption. We're sealed with the Spirit. So we can't fail. It doesn't matter how you feel. You can't fail as a believer. Isn't that enough to have joy? I'm a success. Whether I fail or not, that's the issue. Jesus said I'm healed, forgiven, and going to heaven. So are you. Why aren't you joyful? Are you letting the things of the world steal that from you? The situations in your life take you that take that from you. Because you didn't have a good day at work or because things ain't working out. That does not stop you from crossing the finish line. Amen. That's glorious to me. I'm saying, wow, because if that was the case, I ain't going to make it. 
Can I get an amen for that? Our failures don't stop us from getting across the finish line. They stop us from experiencing the joy now, though. They stop us. You see, things you don't like, and you'll look outside your house, you look in the world, you look at the work, you see the way things are going, you don't like what you see. But God's in charge of it all. He says, I'm going to work it all out. Why are you looking at what's wrong? Why don't you look at what's right? You're saved and going to heaven. That's what's right. The world is going wrong. So you want to follow their misery? Go ahead. I got a different route. This is the route I'm taking. I'm not taking the route of the world. I'm not going to let that steal my joy and my peace because it's in here. Can I get an amen? This is it, folks. Look, there's nothing mystical about it. Your mind has to get renewed through the Word of God. You have to trust it, believe it, apply it, and obey it. Or else you're never going to sense that you crossed the finish line. You're always going to feel... Time to get up and over. Oh, i got to do this again. Oh, i got to go to church. Oh, i got to give. When's it going to change? No, God's saying, when are you going to change and like what I'm giving you? Except in your lot in life. We just read through Ecclesiastes. He's saying there's nothing better than accept where God has you. You're reaching for things that ain't going to satisfy you. Solomon did it all. He went for wine. He said, the only source of joy people ever find through the bottle. He said, that don't work. He said, I'm going to build beautiful homes. That doesn't work. I'm going to get tons of women. That definitely doesn't work. He said he tried everything. And it all came up empty. So why, as we as believers, are still trying to get it through that? When he said it's not going to do you any good. Do you believe what it says or not? You think, well, once I get married, have a family, get a beautiful car and a big house, my life's going to be beautiful. <laughs> Solomon says it comes up empty. So why are you reaching for that? He's already told you that it doesn't work. That means you don't believe it. That's all it means. So God's going to say, well, if you don't believe that, then I can't reveal anything else to you. Go to your resources. Go to your money. Go to your finances. Go to, go to all that if you want. I can't reveal any more to you till you think that till you know what I'm saying is true. That it's not going to do anything for you. Amen. This is the only thing that's going to work. Where you're sitting right now is the only thing that's going to work. And if you can't accept that, you're going to have lemon face every time you come to church. <laughs> this is it. There's nothing more. So you've said it. There's nothing more to life than to accept where you are. To work. To have a good meal. There's nothing more. Amen. You have your brothers and sisters who love Jesus. Amen. But for some reason, that's not enough for some of us. We want more. I want this and all that. All this in heaven too. I want everything the world has to offer in this. God says, no, no. All you need is this. Am I coming across? <laughs> Nothing out there. You look at the mess the world's in, right? There's people with billions of dollars with everything they could ever want, and they're still miserable. 
So don't think that that's going to do it for you, especially a Christian. It's going to make it worse for you. Because you know the truth that it doesn't do it. So why reach for it? You're waiting for the perfect relationship. You're waiting for the perfect marriage. You're waiting for perfect children. You're waiting for a perfect church. I'm waiting for everything to line up perfectly for me. So my little box, and I'm happy, happy, happy. And guess what? You'll be waiting a long time if you think that that's going to come. The only thing that's going to change is your perception. If you continue in my word, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth is, that ain't changing. You are. And if you ain't willing to change, then ain't nothing I can do for you, God says. You're waiting for, you're waiting for the perfect relationship? It's right here. You want a perfect relationship that accepts you unconditionally? It's Jesus. See, that's why when you put Jesus in the center of your relationship, it will stay. Because every need that they can't meet in humanity, Jesus will. Because we put unrealistic expectations on the people next to us, and when they don't fill it, we go elsewhere. That's why it doesn't work. The only place we have to go is here. When, when my wife isn't meeting my needs, Jesus is. Because nobody can meet our needs completely. Only the Lord can. People are fallible. We're sinners. We're selfish at our core. I don't care how long you've been coming to church. It's in our DNA. So I don't expect her to be perfect. Boy, I tried. I said, well, I'm going to try to make her perfect. You know what I got? Sleepless nights on the couch. Because I can't change her. I can only change and accept her. Where she's at and let the Lord work in her and pray to Jesus that he does what he has to do in me. So I can understand and accept her. And not try to make the changes. What if it never changes? Now what? But once you can learn to accept it, then you could have joy. Because now you're not waiting for something to happen. Can I get an amen for that? But I'm just using my wife as an example, by the way. you know. But there is some truth to it. Anybody who's married knows love is not a feeling, love is a choice. Because once that warm, fuzzy glow wears off, now comes the real you the ugliness of our flesh. And then if you can't love someone like 1 Corinthians 13, you're going to end up divorced. You ain't going to have it because nobody can meet that need. You have to say, you know what, Lord? Your will be done, not mine. I'm going to have to accept my lot in life and situation and just hope for the best. I learned the hard way. I don't know about you, but I learned very hard lessons by trying to do things my way. You know, like Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. Oh, it didn't work out that good for me. When I finally started to learn and say, I'm going to start doing things what I claim to believe, now things are starting to change. Because I'm claiming to believe what this says, so now I have to what? Use it and apply it if I believe it. If I don't believe it and apply it, that means I really don't believe it. I'm only deceiving myself. I'm a liar. I'm coming to church empty. 
saying I believe what this says, but I really don't because I'm still doing things my way. I'm still waiting for people to change to my image. I'm waiting for work to become like for me. Instead of saying, your will be done, Lord. Wherever you got me is the best place for me right now. I might not be able to understand it, but here it is. Until you get me through, I'm banking on what you say. Because everybody else failed me so far in this life. In everything. Can I get an amen for that? And this never fails us. At the end of the day, he's right beside me. Hi, John. I didn't go anywhere. You did. But I'm still here. Come back. I'm here. Don't worry. And I do. I say, you know what, Lord? Thank you. Thank you for that comfort that religion broke out of me, told me that I had to be good for you to be near me. I don't have to be good. I just have to believe you. And you're always near me. Thank you. At the end of the day, he'll never leave me nor forsake me. And I shouldn't expect, I should not put that unrealistic expectation on the world. People are going to leave and forsake me. Churches are going to forsake me. People are going to forsake me. But he will never forsake me or you. You have to trust what this says and believe it and apply it though. Not when you're here, when you leave. And when all hell's breaking loose in your life. And you feel like giving up. You say, no. He didn't give up on me. I gave up on him. And I didn't trust in him. And I'm not waiting on him. Bible says, take responsibility for your actions. And then I can do something for you. He didn't leave. Now look what it says. Don't give up. Look at verse 17 now. Paul's giving us an awesome example here. Everybody with me so far? Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I got my voice back. I'll probably end up losing it again by the end of this message. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> He'll give it back to me by Wednesday. I'll go Monday. <laughs> oh, we got a whole week coming up, don't we? Yes. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right? The men's ministry. Wow. It get us through. Let me tell you something. Whenever that door opens, I'm there. Because that's what I need. Make no mistake about it. I found the key to life. That's in G- serving the Lord. That's all there is to it. When you can find that, you just say, hey, everything else pales. This comes first. I'm serving God. That's it. Here's where my joy comes from. I'm just going to do it. All right, now look what it says in verse 17. Dear brothers and sisters... The Apostle Paul lived an example. He said to pattern their life after mine. See it? And learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct or behavior or lifestyle shows that they're really enemies of the cross of Christ. Why? They're headed for destruction. He's talking about believers now. Their God is their appetite. See it? They brag about shameful things and they think only about this life here on earth. That is why you're heading for destruction. Even a believer can end up in destruction, destroying himself by still thinking of being concerned of the things here. 
Go to verse, uh, go to Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Now we're going to move. I love the Bible. Because the Bible tells us clearly not to be misled or deceived. Who knows the devil is an ultimate deceiver? He is tricky. And he's insidious. And he comes as an angel of light. Thinking that he's good. But really, he's taking you away from the church and from God. To your own destruction. Don't be misled. Look at verse 7 of Galatians chapter 6. You cannot mock the justice of God. Talking to believers here. You will always harvest what you plant. You get saved. Heaven is your home. But that does not take away harvesting what you plant as a Christian. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature, see it, will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. So can my sin nature destroy me as a believer? Absolutely. It's clear. Don't be misled. And what's your sin nature? Do you know what your sin nature is? Reaching for the things of the world, money, greed, lifestyle, treasures, Right? Material stuff. That destroys Christians. Look. But those who live to please the Spirit. Now, how do you please the Spirit? Those who live to please the Spirit live by the Word of God. That's what he's talking about. The Spirit is the Word of God. You live by this. Okay? You live to please the Spirit. You will help. We will reap what? Everlasting life from the Spirit. So what? While I'm here, I'll have that joyful life that Jesus died to give me now. How many want that now? Well, you can't have both. You can't reach for the things of the world and expect the things of the Word to free you from that. It won't do it. You have to get rid of it. Say, I don't care about money. I don't care about material things. I don't care about all that stuff. All I care about is Jesus, and all that stuff will fall into place after that takes place. In the right place, balanced, and at the right time. Can I get an amen for that? But he has to come first, and he knows your heart. I don't care how long you've been sitting in church. He knows your heart. Now look what it says. So let's not tired of doing what is good. You see it? How many of us say, oh, I've been so good. What am I getting out of this? Why should I keep being good? I'm not receiving anything from it. Look what it says. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. What do you think I'm saying? God has us halfway up the mountain, and we end up saying, I've been doing this stuff for years, doing the right thing, and I'm not getting anything. I'm done. Never get to the top of the mountain. See, it says it right here, just the right time. He knows exactly when the blessing will come. Are you hanging in there and believing it's coming? If you're not, you're going to go back down the mountain and start all over again. And that hurts. Some, may, some never make it back up. They call spiritual casualties that go round and around in the wilderness and never get to the promised land. Because they keep going back to their old ways, going back like this, back instead of saying, "I'm going to stop 
and start fresh, and I'm going to get to the top of that mountain like Jesus said he would get me there if I just hang in there and persevere and go through these hard times. How many of us are going through hard times? Don't go back to the world. It's only going to get harder. There's no relief in Egypt. The Bible's our example. We know what Egypt is, right? That's the world. How many of us want to give up? In your heart, you know, it starts to get hard against God's things of God and the Word of God, and you start to handle things the way the world handles them. That's it. I'm not taking it anymore. This is what I'm going to do. Being short-sighted or blind, forgetting that God is in control, hang in there, don't quit, don't give up, let it work. It will work if you trust the word of God. It takes what? Perseverance and prayer. You get with your brothers and sisters, and don't be ashamed of what's going on in your life, and say, look, i got to pray. Let's pray together. Please, I want to overcome this. Don't let me keep secret sins in my life that keep, make me fail. People, Christians are the worst for concealing their sins and saying, I'm not going to talk to anybody about them. Even the people from the mob end up confessing their sins before they die because they don't want to take them with them because they've been holding on to it all their life and killing them. They end up telling them what they did. It's holding you back now, Christians. Secret sitting church. Oh, yeah. I'm not telling anybody now what I'm doing. I'm just going to keep doing it and I'm going to go to Jesus and I'm going to heaven. Yeah, you're going to heaven, but you're on a miserable trip right now. Coming to church and you're miserable and you're concealing your sins. You're not open-minded. You're not becoming transparent. Listen, everybody sins. There's no secrets before God. People, Christians come to church. I'm so good. We already know the devil's got you. You can't, you can't hide. I'm mature. I'm mature people sin too. What mature people do conceal it better. They do. Look what it says. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessings if we don't give up. How many of us are at the brink of giving up? Well, I'm here to tell you tonight, don't go back. Paul just said we got to hold on to the progress we already made. See, this is what happens. you got to hold on to what you already made. Think about all the things you already overcame. Don't go back. It says, therefore, look now look, how do we do it? It tells us, therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. How do you do good to everyone in the family of faith? You just be there for them when they're broken. You show up to encourage others at church. You build up the body of Christ. That's what you do. That's what your life is now. My life is this. This is my life. The church is my life. Jesus is my life. Whatever I do, I lay my life down for it. When you could come to that point, you'll get all the joy you need. Trust me. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. And that's what maturity is all about, saying, I'm here in spite of me. I'm not, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm not coming to serve myself. And then when there's an opportunity, you're right there for them. And you can tell. It's showing here. You see it. 
Now, let me tell you something. Every believer now as the third person of the Trinity, the triune God, had permanently indwelling him as an eternal dynamo to empower him to accomplish God's will for their life. You already are empowered, and you already have the victory. It's already guaranteed. Do you realize that the victory is already guaranteed? You have to understand that it's already there. You are victorious. Wherever you are right now, you might feel like a failure, but we get victories through failures. You understand? Part of the victory is through failure. So when we think we failed, that doesn't mean we don't have the victory. The victory is through the failure. Because we finally give up and let God do it. How many of us are still failing? When I finally say, all right, God, whatever. The job ain't changing. The wife ain't changing. The kids ain't changing. The traffic ain't changing. Nothing's changing. So guess what? It's only left for what? Me changing. And once I change, then everything starts getting better. You see it? Instead of me getting bitter because things outside me aren't changing, I'm getting better because I'm changing. Amen. Get it? Yeah. If you're getting bitter, it's because you want the world to change. Mm-hmm. If you're getting better, you're letting God change you into His image. That's what makes you better. Well, that was rocket science, huh? Yeah. That's how simple the Bible is. If you're bitter today, it's because you want something only God can do. And he's not coming through for you. If you're getting better, you're understanding his will for your life. And you're accepting it. And you're enjoying your life. Trust me, if you're waiting for things to change, you're in for a rocky road to heaven. (laughs) All right, we're going to have to stop there. Yep, it's already time's up. So... Next time we get together, I got an awesome message in Zechariah to share with you. So just stay tuned into this. It's going to get really good. There's an awesome message behind this, but I can't. I don't have enough time to say it. So we're going to stop there. Brittany is going to. Are going to are we going to close with uh, that again? All right, we're going to play another song. Brittany and Jasmine are going to come up. And we're going to close. Thank you for letting me share that with you. I hope it brings you some hope. Yeah, love you.
That song fit right in, didn't it? Awesome. Brother Wayne, can you close us in prayer tonight, please? Thank you. Wayne's going to close us. Amen. Thanks, Wayne. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night. God bless. Till we meet again.